Ghana's inflation rate quickened to a near 22-year high and staying with Ghana is their domestic debt restructure a cautionary tale for other African countries. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. Ghana's government, in a bid to mitigate an economic crisis, negotiated a staff level agreement for a $3 billion loan package. The IMF said its board will approve the deal. Only if Ghana undergoes comprehensive debt restructuring. Ghana announced a domestic debt exchange program earlier in December and said the external restructuring was being negotiated with creditors. The program, which commences from 2023 to 2037, will see government exchanging existing domestic bonds for a set of four new ones that will mature in 2027, 2029, 2032 and 2037. As part of the exchange, the coupons will be set at 0% in 2023, 5% in 2024, and 10% in 2025 until maturity. Chachi Logutu, head economist for East Africa and Egypt at IC Group, joins us for this episode. Has Ghana set a precedent for the way government debt will be handled on the continent? I'll say that Ghana's case offers a cautionary tale to a number of countries uh, right now that don't have the much-needed fiscal headroom. Uh, yes, we've seen a number of countries uh, in the African continent having uh, are at a high risk of their distress. So what they are seeing in Ghana's case is probably uh, what has played out in Ghana is to these other countries, it's like they are like two, three steps behind Ghana. So they run the risk of being at Ghana's case if they have one or two policy mistakes uh, and then they are in Ghana's case. So obviously what has transpired in Ghana is offering them a cautionary tale. And we have other countries already are in debt distress, uh, similar case to Ghana, countries such as Zambia, Zimbabwe. So, But they haven't really gone to the extremes that you've seen in terms of uh, the debt restructuring or the route that Ghana chose. But nonetheless, uh, what's playing out in Ghana uh, is offering a cautionary tale. The other hand is how they fix uh, this issue, the Ghanaians, in terms of uh, the debt restructuring uh, will be a template to other African countries that are at a high risk of debt distress. So the sooner Ghana comes out, uh, we know that they are trying to finalize, uh, just get into the IMF program. And as soon as they are able to, the sooner they are able to uh, work out the debt restructuring, uh, both on the external front and also the domestic front, it will definitely offer a template to other countries as and when they reach the case where Ghana is. So a number of countries are watching Ghana's, uh, how they are handling this issue, and definitely it will offer a template uh, for them in the unfortunate case that they end up where Ghana is. Is government paper still the safe bet it used to be? Definitely. What has played out in Ghanaian case uh, just brings to the fore uh, what was deemed as taken that government paper is a risk-free asset 
that the government may not default, but clearly what played out uh, in the Ghanaian case, what's still panning out within the Ghanaian case, just points to the contrary, that uh, government paper is not as a riskless asset as it was deemed to be. And I think going forward, uh, investors will be focused on not on not only on the alpha by alpha i mean the return components government paper giving a high return uh 10% 20% comparable to other countries and just getting into the chasing those kind of high yielding returns but also the focus will be on the better or basically the risk factor risk component so if i get into this particular government paper what are the downside risks? So that will be the focus going forward, rather than looking at the high yielding returns that are being offered in any African continent, uh, with uh, any offered by any government within the continent. So uh, that will be the that will be the uh, metric that investors or anyone looking to invest into government paper in the African continent will be looking at, not the returns but the downside risk uh, that they may get themselves into if eventually they invest in any of the government paper. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Growth in emerging markets and developing economies will be hit hard over the next two years, according to the World Bank's latest Global Economic Prospects report. Globally, growth continues to slow sharply due to rising inflation and interest rates, reduced investment and supply disruptions caused by Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. The World Bank says that any new adverse development could further push the global economy into recession. This includes higher than expected inflation rates, abrupt rises in interest rates to contain it, a resurgence of the COVID-19 pandemic or escalating geopolitical tensions yet faced with extremely high government debt levels and rising interest rates, advanced economies are absorbing global capital. Per capita income growth in emerging markets and developing economies is projected to average 2.8%, a full percentage point lower than 2010 to 2019 average. In sub-Saharan Africa, which accounts for about 60% of the world's extremely poor, growth in per capita income over 2023-2024 is expected to average just 1.2%, a rate that could cause poverty rates to rise, not fall. Ghana's annual inflation rate accelerated for the 19th straight month to 54.1% in December of 2022 from 50.3% in the prior month. It's the highest reading since April of 2001, surpassing the 10% ceiling of the central bank's target range since September 2021, as a slight depreciation of the SEDI from mid-December contributed to a further increase in the cost of imported goods. Main upward pressure came from the prices of transportation, of which fuels utilities and food products. Cocoa futures fell towards $2,600,000 per ton as investors posed for breath following a rally that sent cocoa to its highest level since mid February amid extreme temperature swings over the last month in top producer Ivory Coast. At the same time, the International Cocoa Exchange monitored New York cocoa inventories declined to an eight and a half month low and stockpiles held in EU ports were close to a nine month low. The International Cocoa Organization said that the 2021-2022 cocoa season ended with a supply deficit of three 106,000 tons and 
growing conditions for the main crop of 2022-2023 season were generally good in West Africa, even as farmers continue to struggle with the lack of fertilizers and pesticides due to the war in Ukraine. The ICO has also noted that demand outlook was uncertain because of a slowing global economy, rising raw material prices and high energy costs in Europe, the leading region for cocoa processing. And a quick look at the market. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange Share Index was trading above the 78,600 level on Wednesday, a fresh record high, mainly pushed up by tech stocks and resource-linked shares on optimism around China's reopening. Meanwhile, investors wait for more clarity on Fed's rate path after the release of CPI data on Thursday. Locally, South Africa continues to deal with crippling load shading while there appears to be little action from government to address the power crisis. Troubled power utility Eskom said that it will implement stage six rotation power cuts every night as it struggles with its coal-fired power generating units. Thank you for always waking up with us from 700 cities and 112 countries. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at With the Dong. 